Pastor Chuk Sogoye is the senior pastor of Resurrection Life Church, Johannesburg. Pastor Chooks is a passionate teacher and preacher of the Word of God. He has been blessed by God with the uncanny ability and gift to explain and unpack deep and complex spiritual truths in very easy to understand and apply formats. He is the host of the radio broadcast programs Living the Life and Amazing Power of Woman. Over the years, Pastor Chooks has been actively involved in marketplace ministries. He is an entrepreneur and business consultant with an avid passion for raising other entrepreneurs and business leaders. Here is Pastor Chooks Ogoy. This morning, I am continuing the series that I have been on since the beginning of the year. This year, the Lord has led us to, to the theme, which is glory. And we are learning about the glory of God. And uh, as is the custom uh, of the dealings of God with me, every year he gives us a theme and a direction to flow in our efforts to teach and preach God's word, to disciple God's people. And this year is glory. And glory is an acrostic um, which stands for G-L-O-R-Y. G stands for glory unveiled. And we are learning about the glory of God. We are learning how to tap into the glory of God. And I've taught six, six teachings already. Um, no, five teachings already from the beginning of the year. And uh, today will be the sixth Sunday. However, the part five of that series. Last Sunday was Big Sunday. And we shared on some deep stuff from, from Ezekiel chapter 47. Um, and we're continuing in the, in the usual series this morning. Um, and um, you're going to hear what the Lord has for us. L stands for leading our generation. This is one year that we are going to tap into the anointing of the Spirit of God to lead our generation. Amen. Amen. Every disciple of Jesus Christ is a leader. Every, let me say that again. Every disciple of Jesus Christ is what? He's a leader. He called us to lead, to lead our generation. Everybody is a leader. And we learn to lead by following accurately. When our followership is inaccurate, our leadership will be flawed. But when our followership is accurate, we make excellent leaders. So God trains us to become leaders by shaping us in followership. And as we, Paul said it in, 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 in 1 Corinthians 11, he said, follow me as I follow Christ. Imitate me as I imitate Christ. And the, the, the whole idea is as we follow, we learn to lead. And then as we lead, we cause other people to follow until we lead a whole generation to Christ. Amen. That's what he called us to do. He said, go into all the world and make disciples and make disciples. So we all become leaders so that we can lead our generation. There are 8 billion people plus on the planet. And every single one of those 8 billion people, the Bible says it's the will of God that they all come, they all be saved. That's the first part. And they all come to the knowledge of the truth. They all come to the knowledge of the truth. So it's not just that they be saved. We lead them to be salvation, but also we lead them to the knowledge of the truth. So this year we are going to be learning quite a bit of leadership stuff. And um, that's one of the reasons why when I heard that, you know, uh, Pastor Godwin is in town, 
I, I asked him to come through, to come share some leadership stuff for us. I believe the Spirit of God will use him to really equip our church and equip us for what God has for us uh, in 2023 and beyond. Amen. All right. The O in glory stands for opportunities harnessed and utilized. We're going to learn how to harvest opportunities, how to harness opportunities. Opportunities constantly present themselves every day. In 1995, I read a book um, by T.L. Osborne, and T.L. Osborne said, opportunities are coming every day towards you and passing. Every blessed day, thousands and thousands of opportunities come to you and they pass. Uh, the problem is that you don't recognize them and you don't see them, so you don't harness them, but they pass. But they come back and they come in cycles. And they come in cycles. Anybody who has become successful became successful because an opportunity came and they grabbed that opportunity and they harnessed it and they utilized it and they maximized it. And it brought them to fame. It brought them to wealth. It brought them to influence. It brought them to destiny fulfillment. So this year we're going to learn how to identify opportunities, how to sense the movement of opportunities. And when we grab, when we see it, we grab it. And how to harness it. We, I, I'm trusting God for some huge, huge, huge deposits as we learn uh, on opportunities in, as we run around in the course of the year. R. R stands for resurrection power engaged. Oh, we are going to learn how to engage that power. Amen. You know, Paul said that I may know him and the power of his resurrection. If Philippians chapter 3 verse 10, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection. As he continued in that discourse, he said, if possible, that I may attain unto the resurrection of the dead. That's the ultimate destination of every one of us, to learn how to harness that power that raised Jesus from the dead and wield it like a wand and wield it like a scepter. Every believer must learn how to Hold that power in their hand like you hold a scepter. Are you here with me this morning? And you know how to use that power on demand to heal the sick, to confront the devil, to, to, to uh, 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 um, confront darkness, the frontiers of darkness with that power that raised Jesus from the dead, to dethrone principalities and powers that are ruling in our communities, ruling in industries. Every believer must learn how to harness the power that raised Jesus from the dead and wave it like a scepter of authority and establish the dominion of God everywhere they are. Amen. Without resurrection power, there is no dominion on the earth. Hallelujah. So if we're going to walk in dominion, it is because we have learned how to wield the power that raised Jesus from the dead. Somebody, the Lord will, will cause you to come into revelation that puts power in your hands. To confront every, every demonic manifestation and expression everywhere you find it. Whether in your life, in the life of people around you, that every time you find demonic expression or manifestation in the earth, you can confront it with the power that raised Jesus from the dead and bring it under subjection. That Jesus might be Lord in that situation. Amen. Amen. R, that's resurrection power engaged. And then why? We're going to learn how to be yielded to the Holy Spirit. We're going to learn how to work with the 
Spirit of God in absolute yieldedness. The Bible says, as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are what? They are sons of God. The, the sign of your maturity as a son of God is your yieldedness to the Holy Spirit. How to work with the Spirit of God in yieldedness. And, and, and there are protocols in the Spirit to understand how to follow the Holy Spirit. How to work in, in submission to authority as we yield to the Holy Ghost. God will bring revelation to our hearts that sets us free so that we can truly walk in power and work in submission to the Spirit of God and what He wants for each one of us in our lives. Can I get an amen? Alright, so uh, we have been on the G. If you have uh, been following this series, uh, we are teaching some very powerful things. I am trusting God uh, that the, 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 the truth that I'm sharing will fall and distill like dew upon his people. That we can truly apply these truths and, uh, and say no to Satan and his works everywhere that it manifests. Can I get an amen? Alright, this morning let's start from the book of Hebrews. Pressing into God's glory to experience his goodness. Today is part five. Pressing into God's glory to experience his goodness. Today is part five. Hebrews chapter one, verse one. God, who at various times and in various ways spoke in time past to the fathers by the prophets. He spoke to the fathers by what? By the prophets. Has in these last days, has in these last days spoken to us by his son. So the prophets were used by God to speak to God's people until Jesus was born. How many of us know when the last day started? When did the last day start? Bible students, come on. When did the last day start in the Bible? Hi, yeah, yeah. When did the last day start in the Bible? Yo, nobody's answering me. The last day started at a point. When did the last day start? The last day started on the day of Pentecost. Amen. The last day started when? On the day of Pentecost. Yes, on the day of Pentecost when the Spirit of God was poured out in the earth. The dispensation of the Holy Ghost marks the last days. The times where the Holy Spirit's dispensation, the season that the Holy Spirit is the one that is operating in the earth. There was a dispensation of the Father, there was a dispensation of the Son, and then the Holy Spirit. The dispensation of the Son is the, is the shortest in time. It lasted only three and a half years. And then he said, it is important that I go away. When I go, the Spirit of God will come. And guess what he said? He said, he will be with you forever. So, so the last day started on the day of Pentecost when the Spirit of God was poured out in the earth. 
And since that day he was poured out, he hasn't been retrieved. Hallelujah. It was one pouring that keeps pouring. Are you here? It was one outpouring that keeps what? Pouring. So at any point in time that a believer from that day of Pentecost presses into the Holy Ghost, you can receive an outpouring, an outpouring, an outpouring. And it continues to pour. It was one outpouring that keeps pouring. So since that day, he has spoken to us by his son. So, listen to this. The son of God, his ministry, his teaching, his lifestyle was God speaking to us. His ministry, in other words, the way he did things, the teachings that he gave while he ministered, his lifestyle were, and his works and the things he did are God's voice to us in the last days. So when we want to hear God, we look at his son. When we want to understand the mind of God, we look at Jesus. I have taught it here that Jesus is the face of God. So if you want to understand what the Father thinks about anything, look at Jesus. If Jesus didn't do it, the Father doesn't do it. Hallelujah. I say, if Jesus didn't do it, the Father does not do it. That's why Jesus says, if you have seen me, you have seen the Father. If you have seen me, you have seen the Father. Because he was the express image of the Father. Look at what the Bible says. Whom he has appointed heir of all things. He appointed him heir of all things. In other words, everything the Father has, he committed it into the hands of the Son. So the Son is now holding the, the rights to every resource, every power, every attribute of the Father is now resident in the Son. And guess what? We are joint heirs with the Son. Hiya. We are what? We are joint heirs with the Son. So we are all co-heirs or joint heirs, partakers of everything the Father has. Ooh, that is amazing, amazing position to be. We are joint heirs with the Son. This, what it means is this, that we cannot be if we are, if we cannot be in line with God, if we are out of line with the Son. So, so the Son becomes our prototype, and as we follow Him, as we follow Him, as we model after Him, as we understand Him and model after Him, we connect with what He carries. And we can dispense in the earth the resources and the treasures of God as we understand the Son and walk with the Son. Stay with me this morning. The Bible said, through whom also he made the worlds. Through whom also he did what? Now this is deep. It's, it means that, listen, as we conform to the Son, as we conform to the Son, to the image of the Son, the power, please hear this, the power that created the worlds. I want you to notice that it is plural. The power that created the worlds 
begin to ooze out from us. That means the spirit world, the natural world, the animal world, those are worlds. There's a world of spirits. And in the world of spirits, there's a world of dark spirits and there's a world of spirits of light. There's animal world. There's plant world. All these worlds were created by the sun. So as we conform to the sun, please hear this. As we conform to the sun, we tap into the energy that created the worlds, meaning the demons begin to see in you their creator. I'm about to teach some things this morning. Principalities and powers begin to recognize in you the life and the energy and the strength of their creator. And this is where the church is headed to. Where you don't have to say a word. Your presence backs off devils. Because how can devils fight their creator? Because they see their creator in you. They see their creator in you. So, so you stand up and animals see you and they recognize their creator because you are reflecting the image of the one who created them. Are you hearing me this morning? Are you hearing me this morning? Creation, creation responds to you as it responds to their creator. So when trees see you, they see the God who made them because you are radiating the energy of their creator and they bow and submit the bible says that the, oh I'm, I'm jumping ahead of myself the whole creation is waiting for the manifestation of the sons of god what is that they are waiting for god manifesting himself in his sons Hiya. you know in, in the village where I come from, as my dad is now the oldest man in our clan, the oldest living man in our clan, he's old. There are meetings that are called. He doesn't need to go because he has sons. So what does he do? He calls his sons to go and represent him in the meeting. He gives us his mind and his position on the issues or whatever. And when we show up there, they accord us the respect they accord him because we represent him. A time comes when sons must represent their father. The earth is waiting for sons who rise up in the character of their father to represent the father in the earth. So when we speak to the wind, the wind hears the voice of their creator and the wind bows and submits. When we speak to plants, they hear the voice of their creator and plants respond to that voice. God is wanting us to rise up as sons. When we speak, listen, when we speak to diseases, they hear the voice of the creator 
and they stop operating because we said so. Hallelujah. So you can command germs to stop existing or stop operating in a particular medium and they obey and back down. This is where God is bringing the church. So, verse 3, who be the brightness of his glory? Who being the brightness of what? So Jesus manifested the brightness of God's glory in the earth. In other words, the highest level of glory that can be manifested in the earth of the Father, Jesus manifested it. Question when? When did he manifest that highest level of glory? It's important. And it's here in this verse. He says, he is who being the brightness of his glory and the express image of his person. In other words, the, the greatest expression, the clearest expression of the Father was displayed in Jesus. When? The Bible says, and upholding all things by the word of his power. When? Listen to that when. That's where we're going. When? He had by himself purged our sins. Come on. Did you see that? Sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high. That when, underline that when, or circle it. So when did he become the, the brightness of God's glory in the earth? When he had purged man's sins. And then sat down. When, was, when did he sit down? He sat down at the right hand of God when he rose from the dead. Remember that on resurrection morning. When they came to the grave. To look for him or to the women came to anoint the body in the grave. And when they got there, they found the grave open. The stone had been rolled away. And they went in and they didn't see him in the grave. A woman was hanging around in the, in the, in the vicinity of the grave. And he was, she was distressed. Where is the master? His body is not in this grave. What happened to him? And the Bible says she saw a gardener or who, someone who she thought was a gardener. And she saw that gardener somewhere in the vicinity there. And she said to the gardener, where is the master? And the gardener spoke. <laughs> when the gardener, in quote, spoke, she realized this is not the gardener. This is the master. Because she recognized the voice of the master. And she went to hug the master. The master says, no, don't touch me. Don't touch me. I have not ascended to the father yet. Don't touch me. But go to Jerusalem and tell my brethren that I'm alive. And I will, I will meet you there. And that, at that point, he had come out from the grave. He was on his way to the throne. 
to go and place the blood on the mercy seat in heaven. And as he did that, the Bible said he sat down. As he sat down there spiritually, the work was done. And that was when he expressed the highest form of glory that a human being can attain. Stay with me this morning. So as we speak, there is a man sitting in heaven. Hallelujah. There is what? Somebody say a man. Somebody say a man. There is a man sitting on the throne of God in heaven. The Bible says in, in 1 Timothy, it says there is a mediator. There's only one mediator between God and man. The man Christ Jesus. The man Christ Jesus. So he is sitting there in heaven as a man, as we speak. So we are well represented. Hallelujah. He's sitting there as what? A man. Second, First Timothy chapter 2 verse 5. There is one God and one mediator between God and men. The man, Christ Jesus. So that man that came out from the grave manifested the highest form of glory. He manifested the highest form of glory. And let me make a submission this morning. As he manifested that glory, that was you. That was what? That was you. That was me. That was the church. Because he rose from the dead as all of us. And manifested that glory. Our quest in our earthly journey is to press in and manifest that glory because we have already manifested it in him. That's our quest. What your spiritual experience is, is to press in and manifest exactly as he was when he came out from the grave. So this year, what we are learning in terms of the glory of God is how do we operate as the risen Christ? How do we what? Operate as the risen Christ. How do we tap into the powers of the risen Christ and operate as him? Because that's us. I said it in previous teachings that not only that Jesus restored the glory that Adam lost in the garden. He restored that glory. He made that frequency available again. I told us glory is the frequency in the spirit where the resources of God, the presence of God, the power of God is localized. That's what glory is. It's a frequency in the spirit where the resources of God, the presence of God, the power of God, the treasures of God are localized. And when you press into that frequency, you will connect with all that that frequency carries. And then you will re-radiate it in the earth. And you will manifest it in the earth. And this is our journey. So Jesus restored that frequency and made it available. And that frequency is available in the earth as we speak. Amen. And men, at any time, as we understand spiritual principles, we can press into glory, access the resources of that glory. It changes us. 
gives us the resources and the powers of God and we use it to dominate this world and bring this world onto the, into, the, into the government of God. That's our quest. I said it, that Jesus showed us the way to glory by becoming the way. So he is the way to glory. And then he attained glory for me and then he attained glory as me. Now, what we read in Hebrews chapter 1, God wants me and you to become, verse 3, the brightness of his glory in the earth. One, two, the express image of his person. God wants me and you to what? To become the brightness of his glory in our generation. That's your destiny. And the express image of his person. So that when people see you, they see God. Listen, listen. This, this, is, this is important. Please hear this. Why is the Spirit of God wanting us to understand his character? Why have we been learning for the last two years, three years? And learning about the goodness of God and understand his character. Because the express image of God needs to be manifested in the earth. People need to see Christ in us. So when we understand his character and his goodness, then we can reflect it. So when people look at us, they see a good God. Oh, you didn't hear what I just said. When people look at you, they see who? A good God. They see an absolutely good God. So, so the revelation of his goodness, the revelation of his character is critical to be able to express him in the earth. This is why we have been learning what we have been learning. And this is why we will continue to learn it because this is what God wants to express in the earth. He wants men who can reflect him in the earth and reflect his true nature. This is why, you know, people who don't understand what we're saying, and, and keep thinking and keep, you know, presenting a God that is schizophrenic. A God that, that kills people with fire. A God that, you know, maims people. A God, you know, people preach all kinds of things. And I'm wondering, you know, how can you represent and be the express image of his person when you don't even understand his character? I went to a, a pastor's conference. And, and this pastor was sharing his book. He made it available and he was sharing his book to people who came for the conference. And the title of the book, Flogging Angels. Flogging Angels. How to engage flogging angels or something like that. And I'm thinking, so I, I flipped through. And I felt sorry. I felt sorry for people who sit under this man. How do the angels of God, instead of becoming ministers that serve uh, the purposes of God for his people, they become angels with whips that flog people, that trash people, that trash... No, man. No. Jesus couldn't have flogging angels that came in the air to flog people. No, 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 no. 
He told me this man doesn't know God and doesn't understand the agenda of God for this time that we're in. He's misrepresenting God. God does not engage angels that keep chasing human beings and flogging people. God loves people. Amen. God does what? God loves people. He loved the world so much that he gave his son. So there's no way he is sending angels to be flogging people and flogging people and flogging people. No, 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 no. No. You know, in the, in, the, in the Old Testament, when they didn't understand the true character of God, Old Testament prophets did things because they didn't know God. They didn't. They didn't know God. So they did things with the power of God. And then people who don't understand this still think that, you know, as Elijah did and called on fire to consume people, that, you know, they should do the same now. But they see that Jesus, when his disciples wanted to follow Elijah to call on fire, what did Jesus do? What did Jesus do? He said, no, guys, come on. You, you don't understand the spirit that is in you. You're thinking that the spirit of Elijah. No. There's a shift in season. That, that Elijah called down fire to burn people. You can't. The spirit that is in you is the spirit of reconciliation. It's not the spirit that burns people. He rebuked them. Bible said he rebuked them sharply. How can you call down fire to burn people? Because they are opposing your ministry. No, 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 no. He rebuked them and stopped them from doing that. And what he was trying to say to them, look at me. I am the express image. I am the manifestation of the goodness of God. Look at me. The Bible says in Acts chapter 10 verse 38, how God anointed Jesus Christ with the Holy Ghost and with power. And he went about what? Flogging people. He went about flogging people. He went about beating people. He went about, no! He went about doing good. That's all he did. He went about doing good and healing them that were oppressed of the devil. For what? For God was with him. For God was with him. The, the, the message of Emmanuel is for us to go about and represent the God that is with us. A good God that is with the people of the earth. Amen. There is a good God that is now in the midst of the people in the earth. Hallelujah. So what Jesus did is our example that we should go about doing good and healing them that were oppressed of the devil. So if there are demons harassing people and afflicting people and flogging people, what are we supposed to do? Stop those demons. Hallelujah. If there are demons released to harass people and to flood people, and to, you know, you know, intimidate their lives and oppress them. We are supposed to stop those demons. And stop the oppression. And release those people from those. And it doesn't matter what they did. Hallelujah. It doesn't matter what they did. Our job is to stop the oppression of the devil. Did you notice that when people came to Jesus in their sin, what did he do? He said, go and sin no more. That, you know, that something worse does not come upon you. Because Satan is capitalizing on the sin of men and afflicting them. And Jesus stopped it. Yes, people, many instances, people were suffering the consequences of their actions. 
But we saw that Jesus did not make the matter worse for them. What did he do? He stopped the oppression of the devil on their lives and said, your sins are forgiven you. It is your sins that opened the door for this affliction to come upon you. Your sins are forgiven you. I terminate that affliction. I set you free from it. This is our ministry. This is our assignment in the earth to set the world free from the afflictions of the devil. Let me say something to you. And you need to understand this. From the ministry of Jesus, it doesn't matter what men did. Jesus made it illegal for Satan to capitalize on what they did to afflict them. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You didn't hear what I said. Let me say it again. It doesn't matter what men did. Jesus considered it illegal for men to capitalize, for demons to capitalize on the sins of men and afflict men. Jesus considered it illegal and he terminated it. A woman was, was bent over for 18 years. 18 years, she was bent over. I don't know what that would be in, in medical science. I'm not a doctor. But she was bent over. So, so she walked with, with a hunchback, her head touching her, her legs for 18 years. And she, she came to the temple to pray. And, 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 and Jesus was in the temple when that woman walked in. And Jesus says, no, 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 no. This is an affliction. This is an oppression of the devil. No, it doesn't matter what she did. No. And Jesus set her free immediately. She, Jesus spoke to her, woman, thou art loosed. Oh, let me, let me explain that. Woman, thou art loosed. Yet the woman was bent over, but Jesus declared, you are loosed. What does Jesus mean by that statement, woman, you are loosed? I am your freedom. I am your freedom. Because I am here, you are free. Because I am here, you are what? Free. Because I am here, no devil has a right to keep you bent over. Because I am your freedom. Can I announce to you, you are supposed to be freedom of the people around you. It doesn't matter what they did. Once you show up, their freedom shows up. Once you show up, their liberty shows up. You are not supposed to compound and blame people and, 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 and pound their sin on them. No, you are supposed to release them from the consequence of their sins. That's what you are. You are a liberator after the order of Christ. You didn't hear what I said. You are a liberator after the order of Christ. So, it doesn't matter what men did. Our job is to set them free. Our job is to do what? Set them free. This is why Jesus never, never engaged in negotiation to, you know, yeah, you did this, you did this, you did this, you deserve it, continue suffering. He never did it. He never did it. A man was, was brought to where Jesus was preaching. His friends, his friends were desperate for this man to receive his healing. He had suffered for so long. The Bible says he was paralyzed and he was lying on a bed and he couldn't move. And I thank God for the caliber of people he had around him. Some four brothers who could not continue to watch him suffer. May God give you good friends. May God give you good people. People who will not take no for an answer. People who will not take, take obstacles as a reason to abandon you. 
When they came to that place, it was difficult. They, they tried to get into the door. They could not. These men said to themselves, we cannot go home and watch this guy continue to suffer like this. Why? We understand that his freedom is here. His liberty is here in that room. We are not going to allow him to go home and continue to suffer. One of them says, what, what are we going to do? We are trying to get into the door. We can't. One of them says, what, what, what are we talking about? We will climb the roof. We will take down the roof. This, our brother, must get well. And they, they did. They climbed the roof. Carried him and climbed the roof. Peeled off the tiles of the roof. Opened the ceiling and let him down. God will give you good friends. People who will say no to your continued suffering. People who, who will chase you down and make sure that you meet destiny and you fulfill the purpose of God. Somebody say, Lord, give me good people. Oh, give me good, good relationships. People who will love you to the point of defying every odd to make sure you get help. When they opened the roof and the guy was let down in the roof, it disrupted Jesus' teaching. And Jesus saw a man coming down from the roof. Jesus looked at the man and said, your sins are forgiven you. Your sins are what? The man did not, the Bible did not tell us that the man repented. You didn't hear. The Bible did not tell us the man repented. Jesus declared, your sins are forgiven you. In other words, I am your deliverance. I am your liberty. And because you came into my presence, I give you liberty. Whatever it is that you did that made you have this affliction, it is forgiven now. And you are free. And immediately he declared it. He said, rise up and walk. The man got up from the bed, walking. And then people were complaining. How can you do that? And Jesus said, which one is easier? To tell him that his sins are forgiven him or to tell him that he's healed. As I did it so that you may know that the son of man has the power on the earth to forgive sins. Uh I am saying to you, we are pressing into God when you have the power, please hear what I'm saying. When you have the power to terminate the afflictions and the sins of men. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. When you have the power and the authority. This is what Jesus was saying in John chapter 20. He says, he says at a certain level of authority, whosoever sins you forgive on the earth, I forgive. Whosoever sins you forgive on the earth, I forgive. We came. We came to this earth to be ministers of reconciliation. Hallelujah. To be what? Ministers of, in other words, we terminate anything that creates hostility. We terminate anything that does what? Creates hostility. We terminate it. So if people are doing things that is creating hostility between them and God, it's our responsibility to terminate it. So we declare we declare that's oh yeah 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 that's the level of glory that God is wanting you to walk into. Your sins are forgiven you. Go and sin no more. And the guy was healed and he was set free. I see, I see you walking into levels of glory. I see you walking into levels of glory. As you begin to understand this and allow your mind. To conceptualize that those dimensions of operation. 
This is our assignment in our generation. In a time, listen, in a time when sin is abounding. What does the Bible say? When sin abounds, does what? Grace, much more. We are living in times of wickedness. Where, where men take pleasure in darkness rather than in light. Take pleasure in perpetrating wickedness. Our job is to show up and stop wickedness. Hallelujah. You know the way, when the Bible says you are the salt of the earth. You are the salt of the earth. I, the little biology I know, the little microbiology I know. Salt stops Putrefaction. Where there are things that create uh, decay. When you pour salt, you stop the decay. And I understand a little bit of the chemistry or the biochemistry of what happens where, you know, to those microorganisms when you put salt. Salt destroys them by, by some osmosis or whatever. And they, they are not able to operate. We are the salt of the earth. We are the salt of the earth. So your presence is supposed to stop evil. Your presence is supposed to what? Terminate evil. When you show up, salt shows up. And when you put salt in decays, decay stops. Listen to me, please. Listen to me. South Africa currently, currently is facing so much decay. There's so much decay. We are seeing it manifest everywhere. The decay in the systems. Anybody who knows, you know, 20 years ago and what it is now, is worse now. Systems are decaying. And I'm praying and saying, Lord, the church needs to arise as the salt to stop this decay. The church needs to arise as what? As salt to stop this decay. How do you have salt and decay is continuing? Then the salt is not salt anymore. How do you have salt and then the decay is continuing? It means the salt is not doing this work of salt. And when, when salt is not doing the work of salt, what does the Bible say? He says the salt is thrown away. It's thrown away and men trample on it because it's no longer behaving like salt. The only way to become salt is to become the express image of God. Are you hearing what I'm saying? The only way to what? To become salt is to become the express image of God. Is to become the express image of God. Is to become, is to understand the character of God and mirror it. And then we are able to stem the decay, the tide of corruption and the decay that is trying to consume the nation. We will stop the decay. I said we will stop the decay. Everywhere you are, please hear me, everywhere you are is a deployment from heaven to stop the decay where you are. Everywhere you are is a deployment from heaven to stop the decay. Please understand it. Let me say this to every member of this church. We have a mandate to stop decay. As you, as you go to work tomorrow morning, understand it. I am an agent to stop decay. When you walk into your office, I am salt. I came here to stop decay. In your street, you stop decay. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I said in your street, in your complex, your presence stops decay. Amen. Romans chapter 8. 
Romans chapter 8. Hey, I have eight scriptures to share. I'm only on the second one now. And my time is almost finished. I will continue next week. Are you with me this morning? Are you learning anything? Romans chapter 8. Look at verse 14. Let's go. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God. Somebody say, that's me. These are sons of God. We are going to come to this scripture in, in detail somewhere in the course of the year to unpack it. How to be led by the Spirit of God. The dynamic of being led by the Spirit of God. You know that if all of us are one house and we are under one, one apostolic covering, the leading of the Spirit of God has to be harmonious with all of us. Are you still here? Oh yes. Otherwise there won't be order in the house of God. But we'll come to that. Verse 15. For you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear. I want to deal with that. For you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear. There is a spirit of bondage. There is a spirit of what? Bondage. I want to paint a picture to you. If someone is chained down, they use a chain to lock their hands and they use a chain to lock their legs. They can't move. They can't operate. That's called bondage. In other words, listen, please hear this. Every limitation that is imposed on the abilities that God gave you is the spirit of bondage. Every limitation that is imposed upon whatever God gave you is what? The spirit of bondage. So lack of money is a spirit of bondage. Are you here? Because if anything is not allowing you to function, is a spirit of bondage. But God said, you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear. So the spirit of bondage produces fear. The spirit of bondage does what? So fear, listen, fear is the emotion that you feel when the spirit of bondage is active. <laughs> when the spirit of bondage is active in your life, you feel that emotion called fear. So what it means is that every time you sense fear, understand what it is. This is a spirit of bondage and I did not receive it from God, meaning that it's been imposed on me by something. It's been imposed on me by someone and I reject it. And I reject it and I refuse it. You must not tolerate what God did not give you. You must not receive and accept what God did not give you. God did not give you the spirit of bondage. The Bible says where the spirit of the Lord is, there is what? Liberty. So, let me also define it in another way. Fear. If Bible says, if Bible says where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. 
Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is what? Let's say that together. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is... So where the Spirit of the Lord is not, there is no liberty. There is bondage. So when the Spirit of the Lord is not actively in operation, we have bondage. And how do we know we have bondage? Fear. So, when we are separated, please hear this. When we are separated in our consciousness from the Spirit of God or from the power of God or from the glory of God, we feel that emotion of fear. So, fear is the emotion of separation. And it's not real. Because you are not really separated from God. It's not real. It's an illusion. So fear is the emotion of separation. Write that statement down. Fear is the emotion of separation. So when fear rises in your heart, whatever the fear is, whether it's the fear that you're going to die, whether it's fear that money will not come, whether it's fear that you'll be mugged, whether it's fear, whatever the fear is, is the emotion of an illusion of separation because you're not separated from God. God said, I will be with you forever. God says, I will never leave you nor forsake you. Meaning that it is, when you are feeling fear, you are believing a lie. Oh, when you are feeling fear, you are what? Many of us have believed lie for so long that the lie looks like it's truth. It's not true. You are believing a lie. So when you catch yourself being afraid, there's a lie at work. And you need to say no to that lie. You need to say no to that lie. God said, I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. Never. But when you believe a lie, you will see fear manifesting. So, if you're afraid that there will not be money, you're afraid you will lose your job, you're afraid you will not get married, you're afraid you know, the child will die. You're afraid your spouse will die. You're afraid that they will cheat. You're afraid. Whatever, whatever the fear is, it is a lie that is powering that fear. All fear comes from lies. Write that statement down. All fear comes from what? Lies. All, all fear comes from lies. So your, your job is to Grab that fear and confront that fear. Why am I afraid of this? And let, let the truth of God's word empower you to cancel that fear and to expose it for what it is. It's a lie. There's a lie. It's a lie. Hallelujah. So if fear is the emotion of separation, which is an illusion, it's not true. You can never be separated from God. He said, nothing can separate you from the love of God. And he listed a whole lot of things. He said, not death, not this one, not that one, not this one, not calamity, not this one, not the devil. Not things present, not even things to come. Nothing can separate you from the love of God. You are inseparable from the love of God. So you need, to, you need to tell yourself, whenever that fear is trying to rise up, you are a liar. I will not submit to you. Let me give you the 
the corollary to, to that truth. Faith is the emotion of union with God. Faith is the emotion of union with God. When your union with God comes to consciousness or comes to the top of your consciousness, you, you feel faith. And when there is faith, you are able to draw the resources of God. Isn't it that the Bible tells us that God is the answer to all of man's problems, all of man's issues? He is a very present help in a time of need. So whatever it is you need, he is the answer. He said in his word that he is the I am. He is the I am. So I am whatever you need me to be. So when there is, when there is faith, you are able to draw any resource you need from God. You're able to draw any help you need from God. But the problem is that this fear keeps on sabotaging you. And if you have not learned how to deal with the fear at its roots, you remain, listen, you remain hindered. You remain, you remain boxed. You remain limited. That fear is not serving you. Get rid of it. Amen. Some of us, we have become so accustomed to being afraid that it feels like it's normal to be afraid. Let me tell you something this morning. You're a child of God. Fear has no room in your life. Fear should have no room in your life because you are the son or the daughter of the Most High God. Stop tolerating the fear. Stop accommodating the fear. Stop massaging the fear. Stop making provision for the fear. Some of us intentionally and creatively make provision for the fear. And we keep growing the fear. That fear is sabotaging you. That fear is what? It's sabotaging you. It's undermining you manifesting as a son of God. It's undermining you becoming all that God wants you to become. Please fight that fear. Resist it. Meditate on the word of God and, and deliver yourself from that fear. Hallelujah. He says, For you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption by whom we cry out, Abba, Father. Because when, when you are aware of the Father's presence and the Father's power and the Father's cover for you, you walk in boldness because you know that whatever you need, the Father will provide it. Whatever you need, the Father will what? When, when, when they came to arrest Jesus and Peter jumped out with his knife, he saw it and began to fight in the flesh. And he cut off somebody's ear. Jesus said, ah, Peter, what's wrong with you? Please put back your sword. If this thing was physical fighting, long before you even, you know, could imagine or think of pulling out a sword, I would have asked my father to send legions of angels, 12 legions of angels, and they will fight for me. I don't need you to fight physically. I don't need you to fight physically. I, this is the reason for which I came. I came to die. So they need to arrest me. <laughs> and, and, and said, no, put back your sword. In fact, he called the guy who he cut off his ears. I think his name was Malchus. Jesus apologized to him. He's an overzealous disciple who doesn't understand the mind of God. <laughs> 
This is an overzealous disciple who doesn't understand. That's, you know, sorry, sorry, sorry. Please come. And he picked up the ear that was cut off and removed the sand from it and put it back and healed him and put the ear back because it was not supposed to be so. The point Jesus says, I have angels who could fight for me if it was need for, for fighting. I, I have angels who could fight. A legion is like 5,000 soldiers or so. I, I, I'm not sure. I think so. Something like that. And he says that there are 12 legions that can, can, you know, come and deal with this situation. I don't need you to fight. I want you to know this. There are angels and there are resources in the glory of God. There are resources where? In the glory of God. To fight for you. To protect you. To provide for you. To make a way. We just need to get rid of fear. Fear is undermining our capability to draw from the glory. Let me say it again. Fear is what? Undermining our capability to draw from the glory. What we need. Let's keep going. The spirit himself bears witness. With our spirit that we are children of God. And if children. Heirs. Somebody say I'm a heir of God. Heirs of God. And joint heirs with Christ. So any resource that is available to Christ. Is available to me. Any resource that is available to Christ is what? Available to me. The only difference is that Christ pressed into the glory. And pressed into the glory until he arrived at the highest level of glory. So all resources were always at his disposal. The only reason why we are not accessing the resources of God is that we are not pressing into the glory. But we are learning now. Amen. We are learning now. So we are joint heirs with Christ. If indeed, listen to this, if indeed we suffer with him, that we may also be glorified together. You know that Jesus has already been glorified. Hello? Jesus has already been what? So scriptures is saying that we may also partake of that which he has already partake. Partook. English. Partake. Partook. <laughs> so where Jesus arrived at when he came from the grave is where you are pressing to that should be what you are looking at that should be what? what you are looking at that's your vision your vision is to attain that glory that highest level of glory that's what you should be seeing every day in your mind's eye. Because you are supposed to be moving in the direction of what you are seeing. The whole church, please hear what I'm about to say. The whole body of Christ on the earth. God is on a mission to open our eyes. To understand the destination. And everybody has that vision. To attain the status of the risen Christ. There's the only way that church... The church will become the glorious church. Did you see that scripture says that Jesus is coming for what? He's coming for a glorious church. He's coming for a church where everybody sees glory and everybody's pressing towards glory. Everybody's moving towards glory. 
because we have laid hold of that in our spirit and we are gravitating towards it. When the whole church is moving towards glory, we bring glory down. We will bring the coming of Jesus. Uh, you know, I've taught it before. Let me say it this morning. The only reason why, please hear this. You know, they asked Jesus, after he resurrected from the dead, his disciples were asking him, Master, when are you coming back? Do you remember that? They asked him, when are you coming back? You told us you are coming. What is the time? What's the date? And he says, only the Father knows when I'm coming. You know why? The coming, the second coming of Jesus is not a fixed date. It's not a fixed date. It's a movable day depending on how much the church catches the revelation of glory. Yes. If, if the whole church understands what I'm teaching this morning in the length and breadth of the planet and everybody will begin to see glory and move towards glory, he will show up. <laughs> he will show up. Because that's what makes us a glorious church. A church that presses into the glory of God until the, the, the glory of God consumes the whole church. When we stand, we manifest glory. That's the glorious church. And that's the church Jesus is coming for. And we will attain it. I'm, I'm going to keep teaching this until we get it. And not only those in this local church, until the whole body of Christ will get it. We have a message to take out to the world. The whole world is wanting to attain glory. He said, we may also be glorified together. We may also be glorified together with him. Look at verse 18. For I consider, listen to this, that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. There's a glory that's going to be revealed in you. But you see, this is the, the error in the way people thought it's just going to happen by the sovereign act of God. No. Nothing happens in the earth by the sovereign act of God. Nothing. Even the birth of Jesus was not just like that. God positioned men in the earth. God positioned people in the earth who birthed the coming of Jesus as a child, as a man. Hallelujah. We knew people were praying to birth that reality in the earth. It didn't just happen. God, because nothing happens in the earth without the prayer of a man. Did you hear what I just said? No plan of God manifests in the earth without the intercession of men. Men pray the plan of God into fruition. Men birth the plan of God in the earth. That's the way God designed it. So a, a prophetess by the name Anna had to pray for 70 years or so. Night and day we fasting for the, for the incarnation of the Son of God as a man. There was a prophet, another priest in the altar by the name Simon, who could not die. And he was there holding on for the, for the, for the, for the baby to be born. And the day the baby was born, and they brought the baby for christening on, on day eight. He said, now God, it's time for me to go. I have seen, my eyes have seen the salvation. It's time for me to go. I've fulfilled my assignment. I've been waiting for years. Now, today, this thing is fulfilled. 
Because God had to put men to birth the purposes of the earth. Please hear what I'm about to say. There is a mandate on this church. There is what? There's a mandate on this church to birth the purposes of God when it comes to this issue of glory. We will pray it, we will preach it, we will teach it, and the world will catch fire by reason of this revelation. Hallelujah. So we have an assignment, we have a serious assignment in the mind of God to trash this truth and trash it until everybody understands it and everybody is gravitating towards the glory of God so that the glorious church can manifest in the earth. Look at what he says. He says, there's a glory that shall be revealed in us. It's going to be revealed in us. And it's being revealed in us as we set our mind on it. Verse 20. Verse 19. For the earnest expectation of the creation earnestly waits for the revealing of the sons of God. So, so there is a connection between the, the revelation of glory in us and the revelation of the sons of God. The more glory is revealed in you, the more you look like the son of God. The more glory is unveiled in you. Like we, we have learned, the glory is in levels. The more you, you move from one level of glory and glory is being revealed in you, the more you attain sonship and the stature of a son. And this is what creation is waiting for. Look at verse 20. For, listen, for the creation was subjected to what? To futility, not willingly. But because of him who subjected it in hope. Because the creation itself also will be delivered from the bondage of corruption. There's a bondage holding creation. That's why I say our job is to set creation free. There's a bondage holding creation. Creation will be set free from that bondage as you begin to evolve in glory. Your presence stops nonsense. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Your presence does what? Stops. Your presence stops oppression. Your presence stops decay. Your presence stops nonsense. Because this is your destiny. This is why you were born. This is why you are living in the earth at this time. He says, because the creation itself also will be delivered from the bondage of corruption into the glorious liberty of the children of God. So as I evolve in glory, the things around me begin to enjoy liberty. Oh, yeah, yeah. Do you, do you understand what it means that you walk into a park and the trees are rejoicing that you showed up? Because you are carrying their deliverance. The birds are singing because you showed up. Because you are carrying their deliverance from the bondage to corruption. From the bondage to death. You carry it. Your presence carries it. Do you understand what that means in the line of work that God has called you to do. Think about it. Yeah, 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 yeah. You are, you are a, 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 a medical lab scientist. Your presence stops pathogens from operating. Your presence stops things that are ailing men. You walk in and they stop. Because you carry the liberty for creation. 
Hallelujah. Imagine you in whatever line of work you are. Somebody say, I came to bring deliverance. Oh yes, I came to bring deliverance. This is the, this is the, the reason for the understanding of glory. As I manifest glory, everything around me experiences liberty. My presence stops sickness and disease. My presence stops divorce. My presence stops affliction. My presence stops decaying systems. Can I get an amen? Your, your presence stops oppression. Where men are oppressing other men, when you step in, you are able to fight that oppression and stop it. This is who we are. This is what the church is about. A deep understanding of this message of glory is what the world is waiting for. And we will. And we will deliver creation. Amen? It's a prophetic inevitability. It's in the Bible. We will deliver creation. Let me finish this and I close. I could only get to two scriptures. It's fine. For we know that the whole creation groans and labors with bad pants together until now. But only that we also who have the first fruits of the Spirit, even we ourselves, groan within ourselves, eagerly waiting for the adoption, the redemption of our body. Let me round this up and show you how this is going to happen. As we begin to press and press into the glory of God and, and understand it and, and desire it and push in prayer, liberty begins to be released. Liberty begins to be released. Gradually, the earth is liberated from all that ails it. The earth is what? Liberated from all that ails it. We get rid of hunger. We get rid of sickness and disease. We get rid of poverty. We get rid of oppression. We get rid of sin. As the earth is being liberated, something is also happening in our physical bodies. There's a transformation that is happening. The fullness of it, listen, the fullness of it will happen on the day the Bible tells us about in 1 Corinthians chapter 15. In the twinkling of an eye, we shall be changed. But before that event, there's a process. And we are working in that process to gradually, gradually liberate systems, liberate nations, liberate neighborhoods, liberate people groups. As we set them free, we are going towards the end. Are you still here with me? Meaning that in any area that God has called you, you are a custodian of glory in that area. In any area that God has gifted you and you have been trained and equipped, you are what? A custodian of God's glory in that area. Hence, scripture says in Isaiah chapter 60, he said, arise and shine. For what? Your light has come. For the glory of God has risen upon you. He says, gross darkness, cover, darkness covers the earth. Gross darkness covers the people. But the glory has risen upon you to set the people who are in gross darkness free. So, so the glory that manifests on the outside is glory that you connect on the inside. It's the glory that you connect on the inside. Please understand it. There's an assignment and there's a responsibility. And we will deliver the mandate of God for our generation. I said we will deliver the mandate of God for our generation. 
we will set creation free. As we press into the glory of God, as we understand it and we push and press into the glory of God. You know, let, let, me, let me say this. Let me say this as I close. I understand the mechanics of how this is working. As a church, for instance, at the moment, we are praying corporately two hours a day. Six o'clock in the morning, six o'clock in the evening. Why are we doing that? Some people don't understand. The reason why we are doing that is we are trying to create a culture and, and build a prayer altar that stems, that stems nonsense, that stops corruption in the earth. Eventually, it will go from two hours to three hours, from three hours to six hours, from six hours to 12 hours, from 12 hours to 14 to 20 to 24, that there will be 24 prayer cycles in a day. Different people take different times of prayer because we understand we need to set creation free from the bondage to corruption. Ah, yeah, 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 yeah. We, we need to set creation free from the bondage to corruption. And we do it as we press into glory in prayer. A day will come in Resurrection Life Church. There will be 24 hours prayer cycle. I'm not saying that you will pray 24 hours. But there will be different people manning different hours of prayer. All around the clock. Because we understand what's, what our assignment is. Our assignment is to release creation from this bondage. Hallelujah. And as we press and bring down the glory of God, systems will begin to heal. I say systems will begin to heal. The things that the devil has, has afflicted and messed up will begin to heal because we have taken the decay out. And repair starts. Hallelujah. And repair starts. The Bible says you shall be repairers of the breach. There have been breaches everywhere. He said we shall restore peace into the streets. This is why we are doing it. And why we are doing it, some people don't understand it. That's why some people are not participating. Because they don't understand the mind of God. May God give you understanding. May God open your eyes to understand what is important in his heart. So we can do what God wants us to do. It's our mandate. And I'm going to continue. I'm going to push. And if you're called to be part of this mandate, please throw the line. Line up. Let's do what God wants us to do. Creation is waiting for my manifestation and your manifestation. The decay that is all around us, we will stop it. I said we will stop it. We will repair the breaches. We will repair the cracks. And we will fix it. And the glory of God will rest in our generation. Men and women will experience liberty. Systems will experience liberty. God and his government will rule in the earth. Because me and you understand the mind of the Father and we have, we have cooperated with the Father. We have aligned ourselves with the Father. Why, why, are we, why are we called to participate? Because we work together. One chases a thousand. Two chases what? Ten thousand. There's, there's something about a corporate anointing. We do more. But if you don't understand it, you won't, you won't pee in. You, you know. But if you understand it, we do more. And that's how God designed it. 
I understand the apostolic architecture of this house and what we're supposed to do in the program of God. And I understand it deeply. Listen, the, the Bible says, God is not limited to save by few or by many. He's not limited to save by few or by many. It, when men understand the mind of God, they're able to bring the counsel of God and bring it to the manifestation. On the day of Pentecost, it was only 120 people that the Holy Ghost fell on. Was, was the earth only having 120 people? No. When the prophecy was given in the book of Joel, God said, I will pour out on all flesh. But on the day that he fell, only 120 people were there. Sure. Don't you understand the things of God? He said, I will pour out my spirit on what? All flesh. But on the day it happened, only 120 people received it. But, you see, when he fell on that 120 people, he fell on all flesh. Because the fire started spreading from the 120 and it's still spreading till today. The wisdom of God. So, so, so don't limit yourself. When God is counting on you, yield yourself and be part of what God is doing. Allow God to use you. God is not limited to save by few or by many. All he is looking for men whose hearts are aligned to what he's doing and he will use us. I say he will use us. I said he will use us. We will be the express image of God in the earth. We will manifest the highest level of glory in the earth. Starting now. Starting now. Creation, creation will rejoice every time you show up. Because there's a, there's a, a, a measure of glory radiating from your spirit. Trees will start singing and responding. Because there's a measure of glory radiating from your spirit. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Birds of the earth will rejoice when you walk in their, in, in their vicinity because there's glory. Because they can pick it. They can pick up that frequency that you are radiating. Diseases and, and, and afflictions of the devil will stop because you showed up. This, hallelujah. Lift your hands. And, and, and just thank the Lord for his word this morning. And declare in the name of Jesus, I shall be a, 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 a vessel for the radiating of the glory of God in my generation. I, I shall be a representation of the express image of my father. That when people look at me, they see the father. When they look at me, they see the character of God. They see the goodness of God. Father God, I, I pray in the name of Jesus. As a church, that we will represent you well. That we will carry out our mandate and fulfill what you called us to do in this season. Lord, I pray for revelation. I pray for understanding. I pray that our eyes will open to see and understand and align with you and align with your heart. That we can manifest your character in our generation. That we can stop the decay everywhere it is. We can stop the work of the devil everywhere it manifests because we are carriers of your glory. We are carriers of your glory. Father, teach us how to press, each one of us individually, how to press into that frequency. How to stay in that frequency. How to carry that frequency all day long. 24 hours a day. That we become carriers of your glory. We can become carriers of your presence. We can carry that presence, carry that glory. Release the treasures that are in that frequency. That our earth, our world will experience the goodness of God. Lord, we thank you. Lift your hands and thank him.
If your head didn't understand it today, your heart will under, understood it. Ask that the Spirit of God will, will cause you to get it. Lord, I thank you. I thank you for the spirit of wisdom. I thank you for the spirit of understanding. Lord, teach us to operate in your glory. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name, amen. There comes a time in your life when you need a change, an upgrade. You need upliftment. You need lasting results. You just want your life to be real. You need your life to be meaningful, deep, full, purposeful, and easy. You're looking for enlargement, amplification, increase, strengthening. You're looking for growth in your life. You want leverage, strategic advantage, gain and favor, ability to influence, plot and strength. Join us at Resurrection Life Church every Sunday. Visit our website, .reslife.org.za for more information. Make this year your year of being real. Embrace rapid enlargement and leverage. It is your time.